Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Pride of Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has 8 grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. Welcome to First Bite. We are back with our interview podcast, midweek podcast. And this week, it's all about the Senior Bowl. But before we get to that, let me introduce myself. I am Jeremy Reisman, the producer over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. With me, as always, is my co-host for First Bite. He is the senior editor of Pride of Pride of Detroit. He is at Ryan underscore POD. He is a little ill right now, and a little might be... <laughs> underselling it it's ryan matthews how we doing buddy I, I wish it was ill as in like the beastie boys the beastie boys are ill but i am under the weather but i couldn't miss an opportunity to talk about jeremy's favorite pastime the draft <laughs> yay practices <laughs> uh yeah we are we are in the awkward time of the week where the senior bowl practices have just wrapped up the game is still yet to play so to kind of talk us through both of those things, both the practices that finished and the the upcoming game to help preview maybe so that you guys can be prepared to to watch it Saturday, 3.30 p.m. on uh, NFL Network. Um, he is um, let me let me look at his credentials here. Just make sure I get him straight this time. <laughs> uh, he is the what are we calling you now? Big ill. That's what you call me. Big ill. Big ill and uh, little ill. He is he is the <laughs> co-host of the uh, Pride of Detroit Midweek Mailbag podcast. Heard of that? Um, that's about it. That, I think the, those are all his credits. Uh, Eric Schlitt <laughs> is here as our quote-unquote guest. Eric, hey buddy. Hey guys. I Ryan, I'm I'm going to call you that from now on. I'm not joking. Little Ill is a fantastic nickname. That's, I love it. That that is that is awesome. I actually wrote in our in our in our rundown. I actually wrote. Uh, Eric's credentials, and I, I just oh. wanted you to appreciate genuinely good guy. Yeah, and I, I added, did. I, I noticed. Jer- I noticed Jeremy put good in quotes. I just saw but, that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to understandable. <laughs> yeah, we are going to we're going to pepper Eric uh, with draft talk because he is kind of our our resident draft 
expert over at Pride of Detroit. Um, obviously, none of us were down there for the Senior Bowl this year round. Um, but but let's let's start with just like not yeah not your main takeaways from practice obviously because you weren't there, but the value of of practice this week. Just because I, I mean, if if you follow the people that go down there to the Senior Bowl, they watch all three pack practices and then they leave. They don't actually even watch yeah. the game. So so tell kind of give the people a recap of why those set of practices are so important and maybe more so than the game. It's like, it's like training camp, right? It's, it's essentially what it is. So if you've ever been to a lion's training camp, that's essentially kind of what is going on here is they're doing a lot of one-on-ones they're learning just a lot of the basics or testing out skills. And those things that, you can uh, ascertain during training camp. It's the same thing you can ascertain with these college players. Uh, coaches get right up on it on the field. They get really good looks at these guys. They see how they move. They and remember each each drill in training camp and each drill in in the in like the at the combine and here at the senior bowl. They're all designed to either expose or confirm things about a player. Uh, if does a receiver when he makes his cut against uh, the corner is is it a sharp cut is does he have a head fake you know what are the nuances of, of how he runs his routes and, and you can learn a lot of that watching repetition and then to be able to compare and apples to apples to apples uh, against other seniors at that position, it just becomes an extremely valuable. You can really start to separate guys like uh, of, of who's performing and who's not. Um, you get to put them in situations that you don't get to see in game settings, uh, specifically like a lot of those one-on-ones where you get to, you can see a, a lot of the different techniques that can really give you uh, a leg up on uh, you know, in evaluation of a player. So the, the practices, you know, like we always talk about at training camp, every day is like a week's worth of information. And like it, yeah. what we do, the amount that we learn in the regular season, it, we learn that every week is one day in training camp. So it's the same thing. Essentially, they've, they've learned like three weeks worth of information in three days. And now it's just a matter of sorting through and processing and trying to figure it all out. Well, I know like our, our, we want to kind of focus our attention on like, players that are at the senior bowl that might, you know, have the interest of the Detroit lions. And we're going to talk about like positions and things like that. Um, but I, I guess first and foremost, like, I, I feel like when you guys, when you guys are at training camp, like, as you mentioned, like a lot of the things that you like to key in on are like the one-on-one drills, whether it's like cornerbacks yeah. versus wide receivers, or you got the guys in the trenches who are kind of, you know, doing their one-on-one drills as well. Uh, do we want to start talking about the offensive line and how the Lions have a need at right guard? Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like that's a good place to start because if you if you look at Detroit's <clears throat> offensive needs, right guard has to be right there um, at the top of the list. And uh, NFL.com's uh, Daniel Jeremiah he mentioned in a uh, in a video that he posted on Twitter that he talked to an assistant GM in the league and said that there are. Uh, quote, seven guys who are going to come in and start early from the American roster alone. Like he's saying, like, there are seven guys who are day one. You plug this guy into your offense and he's just going to go. I I mean, with the Lions likely, like I said, in in the market for a right guard, is there somebody on these rosters that you like in particular for Detroit? Uh, Real real question, quick question. When he was talking about Seven, was he talking about OL in general or specifically yes. like I okay yeah okay because I, I I agree with that there there and I think that the talent the plug and play talent is it is a tackle and it's a little bit lighter on the inside this year okay um, the the nice thing is is 
there's probably five guards or like, you know, center guard combo type guys who I think are going to be maybe in that top 100 conversation, which, you know, kind of leads to the fact that they could come into camp and maybe win a starting job. And four of those five guys are all at the senior bowl, right? So the senior bowl is really going to be a, a Mecca of the top prospects, interior offensive line prospects, uh, in this draft class. So that's a big advantage with this senior bowl. Um, Osiris Torrance from Florida is kind of generally been the top guy across most boards for most of the season. He's a, he's a natural right guard. He's uh, someone that the lions should be interested in. He's a six, five, 350 pounds. So he's just, he's a massive guy. He fits the mold of like this mauler that they want at that right guard spot proficient in the run game. And so right off the bat, he's that top guy. And, and I, I, one of the beat writers had an article on him this week, talked about how he was studying Pene Sewell to my, I think it was Burkett that if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And, and how he talked about how, what an advantage it would be to play with like uh, next to a guy like, like Sewell. Um, The next guy kind of on my list is uh, Cody Marsh from uh, North, North Dakota state. He's a tackle. Uh, was a left tackle for them for uh, multiple seasons. He's never played guard, but they moved him inside this week. They played him at guard. They played him at center. They uh, basically, he's just he doesn't have the body type of an outside tackle type of guy. And he played almost exclusively from what I could gather inside this week. Um, a lot of reports on him playing mostly guard, a little bit of center reps, occasional tackle, or but that was just like as like a fill in type of thing. He's if you're sliding him into the guard position, it helps strengthen that guard position up a little bit. He's another guy that has some positional flexibility. He's going to have some athleticism because he used to be a former tight end. Uh, and, and again, another guy that you're, you're probably keeping an eye on on day two. Um, Can I ask you a question I, real quick yeah, about yeah. Osiris Torrance? Yeah. Do you, do you think that it would be too rich? And I mean, Jeremy can answer this question too, but like, is it too rich to go guard at 18? I think it I think it is unless you have a guy that's Frank Ragnow, right? Unless you think that guy's going to be because what, what Ragnow went in what 16 uh, or in that range, right? He was like 16, 18, yeah, something like that. I think, yeah. Um and uh he might actually been 18 if I'm thinking about it properly here. Um 20th. Oh, 20. Jeez, boy. I'm I'm overselling him. Um if you don't have a Frank Ragnow guy, then I think 18's too rich. And I think we've seen a history with this, uh, you know, this regime, the past regime, that you can get a guy on day two and probably plug and play them, especially when you're going to be putting them in between Penny Sewell and Frank Ragnow, right? Good situation. You don't need him to be this, like, superstar. So, like, I wouldn't take Torrance there personally. Um, I don't know if he slides to the the next spot. Probably not, yeah. but I would be okay with that because of the positional value and the fact that, you know, you there's another guy or two that you can still look at if you're looking to address it in, in the draft. Um, the other two guys that I just wanted to mention were uh, John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota. He's a center, uh, but he's powerful enough where I think he can play guard as well. Uh, he's a guy who's been one of the top centers out there. Um, he'll be challenged by Wisconsin's Joe Tippeman, but um, 
uh, Tipman, but he's not at the senior role. He's, I, I believe he's still an underclassman. Um, so Mitchell uh, Schmitz is going, or uh, John Michael Schmitz is going to be that kind of like top center that a lot of people are going to be looking at. Uh, the Lions typically like centers, uh, especially the uh, scouting department typically yeah. likes guys that are guard center flexible because it, you have to be highly intelligent to play center, right? And when you play center, you have to be able to move left and you have to be able to move right. And so when you translate the guard, you have that flexibility to play right guard and left guard, right? That's like Jonah Jackson, right? That's uh, that's Frank Ragnow. That's um, that's um, Evan Brown. Brown. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can you can go back even further. Right. And, and there's it's it's a it's there's a lot of guys that have that capability. So a guy like Schmitz is going to be appealing because of that. Um the fourth guy is uh, uh, Steve Avila, right, um, from TCU. He's another guy who has a center history, but he's mostly uh, played left guard. He played left guard there last year. I think he had a couple of snaps at center, but mostly played left guard. But he's got a 1,000 snaps at left guard. He's got a 1,000 snaps at center, um, and he can play right guard too. So he's a guy who is going to very much remind you of Jonah Jackson. Uh, he's going to be athletic. He's going to be able to pull. He's going to be he's going to be proficient in, in gap run games, uh, and he's going to be a decent pa- pass blocker as well. And he can play all three of the interior line spots, right? So this, that guy actually Avila, Avila is actually the guy that I would be looking at if I were the Lions because this is a guy that you know you're probably can can, can wait on a little bit. But he fits your scheme. He's position flexible. He's got that intelligence that you want. Uh, so that's that's the guy that I'm probably targeting if I'm the Lions, even though the other three would, uh, I think, are all guys that could step in and probably play in the Lions offensive line. Well, uh, Ryan was the one who made the breakdown this week, and I think he framed me into asking you about the running backs, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> um, obviously, it is it is a position of need, uh, certainly in the long term, and and you draft for the long term, and and maybe in the short term too, depending on um, sure. everyone's health and and whether you bring Jamal back. So, tell us about the running backs in this class. I, I, I've heard a, a lot of hype this week about Ty J Spears. Uh, mm-hmm. I wrote up a little bit about Kenny McIntosh, so I know a little bit about him. But um, yeah. talk about those guys and, and maybe someone else that that might pop on Saturday. Um, yeah, Spears is is an interesting guy. Um, he can be your rotational two guy. Um, is scheme diverse. He's a guy I do believe is ascending. Um, Kenny McIntosh is the I think a little bit better of a fit. He's more uh, because he's more of a pass catcher. He's a good rugged pass blocker. Right. Uh, that Georgia scheme fits real well with, uh, with what the Lions are looking for. Uh, he's a little bit bigger. He's still got, he's got a speed element to his game. So he kind of has, uh, he's, he's more reflective of like what Swift does as opposed to Jamal, right. but that's okay because Swift's injured so much. You almost need a guy like that around. Right. Again, um, term. Right. Uh, Roshkan Johnson, the Texas kid, though, uh, he was, who was the number two at Texas be- behind uh, Bijan Robinson. Right. He He's a guy who only is a backup because he was on the team on a team with probably the best running back in the last five drafts. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, that's 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 his only flaw is that he was on the same roster. He's got a lot of the same skills uh, that you would look for. Uh, he's going to be good in the gaps system like the Lions run. 
Uh, he's got good hands. He's six one two twenty, right? So he's he's got some power elements to his game. Um, he kind of remember uh, Latavius Murray, mm-hmm. like when he was with the Vikings, he was kind of that number two kind of like he could be he that that had that heavy hitter, but he also had a speed element to him. Uh, that's kind of what you get with Johnson, right? And I think he's a really really good fit that you can probably sit on. And and the nice thing about all three of these guys is that these guys are in that third round range, which right. is really going to make Jeremy happy. Right. Um, maybe even, you, you know, maybe even, you know, we'll see how far they, they could even slide a little bit. Cause we're talking about like, these guys can be like RB eight. Right. Cause yeah. the juniors are, 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 there's a lot of really, really good juniors. Yeah. Um, but Johnson is a guy who I think you need to keep an eye on. Uh, he gets a little bit, um, too like I'm trying to juke you too much. Yeah. Uh I he's he's he once he gets into his run, he's like he just flat out goes and like and he reads and he trusts his line and he can just make it hit. Um but he so he had a little bit too wiggle, too much wiggle Dancing. on his tape a little bit at time. Yeah. yeah. Uh that like if Deuce was around, like that would have got run out of him in, in like a hurry, right? Uh so that's something you'd have to uh well, you gotta bring up Deuce, to, man. Well, well, because you were talking right back, man. So um but like, look, McIntosh is the same thing. McIntosh, I really like. This was the guy, one of the guys, the first guys that I profiled during the season because he's another guy who I think would thrive really well in the gap scheme uh, because he trusts his offensive lineman. Like, there's so many times that uh, you watch his tape on Georgia and he's just going right at the hole, yeah. just trusting that it's going to be there. Yeah. Um, but he also has the vision to, you know, see lanes when they open up as well. So those three guys are kind of at the top. My two kind of pr- uh, preferences are, are McIntosh and Johnson. Um, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of, like, there's some other guys that are going to, like, jump out at you, um, like – uh, Eric Gray is a guy who's been in the conversation for a long time. Um, Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky is a power guy as well. Uh, Chase Brown has this kind of durable, you know, he's real durable. Problem with these guys is that they have a little bit more wear and tear on them than the other three. Um, like, for example, McIntosh only has like 330 touches. Right. Johnson only has 300 touches over his college career. That's That's low, right? Whereas like Eric Gray has like 530. Rodriguez has 530. Um, Chase Brown has 630, right? And so when you're looking at running backs, um, that wear and tear, you have to kind of take into consideration. McIntosh, Johnson, Spears, those guys have low low mileage, high ceilings, and those are kind of that like next tier down in the third round that I think are nice complement RB2 type guys that you can pair uh, with uh, the Lions backfield with with those kind of low tread guys is I mean, mm. isn't it kind of like a, a push pull there a little bit because one that they haven't been through the ringer. So you don't know if they can kind of withstand, you know, a, a 17 game schedule. Like, obviously, sure. it's it's good to have less tread in general, just because you, I mean, we all know the, the short shelf life of, of, a, of a running back in, in the yeah. league. And and if you're if you're already whatever a thousand thousand carries touches deep in your college career, that can cross over into your uh, professional career, career. But I guess is is there a concern with any of these kind of guys that have spent their college careers as the the second or third guy that they might not stand up to the 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 wear and tear of the of a longer NFL season? I don't think so because they've done it over mul- each of these guys have done it over multiple seasons. Like they've done it over three seasons. Mm-hmm. And so they've shown they can kind of do it. Yeah. And then also if the Lions are able to re-sign Williams, they're going to hit the, the at best this rookie's RB three. 
Sure. You know what I mean? So there's yeah. not going to be a big workload where you can ease them into the NFL uh, program. You can add weight. These guys get a lot bigger after their rookie year. And so I, I, I actually, I would prefer the low tread, uh, especially at the running back position. Cause like you said, uh, there's such a short shelf life. You want to get as much longevity out of them as possible. I want to ask Jeremy, um, if you're, if you're in the war room and you know, you have five picks in the, you know, in the top what 81 or something like that. Right. Right. Um, if you're looking at these two positions, offensive guard and running back, which is the one that you're addressing the earliest? Is it, is it guard? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. It's a starting position, right? Um, and and listen, I think anytime you're drafting in the second or third round, you're you're looking for a starter at least in the long term. Um, but with guard, it's it's traditionally had better value and and longer longevity. Um, so that's that's what I'm hoping for. You know, if we're if we're prioritizing offensive needs right now, can I can I slip in some quarterback talk before we go on our break? Yeah, like I, feel, I feel like we have to at least talk about it. And and Eric Eric and yeah. I talked about Hendon Hooker on our mailbag podcast, so we can we can skip him, and he's not even doing anything while he's down there, anyways. Um, but but we also talked about the need to shore up the the backup job, right? Um, mm-hmm. and so let's let's not talk, let's not frame these quarterbacks as our Jared Goff replacement, but rather mm-hmm. a a developmental guy that can be a long term backup because that is a need. Um, who do you like, if anyone, out of out of this senior bowl group? Um, I'd say Jake Hayner is uh, the Fresno State kid is probably my closest Brock Purdy type of guy mm-hmm. who could step in and, uh, you know, maybe win you a game when you're not expecting him to uh, pro style scheme. Uh, he's a little undersized, but he's uh, uber competitive and, uh, he, you know, he's he's been a starter for a while. So I think he's a guy you can get mid like with one of those fifth round picks or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and you can, you're, you're probably content with that. Uh, Aiden O'Connell. Oh, no, he's at East West. Sorry about that. Um, Clayton tune, I think is the other guy who kind of stands out to me. Um, he's a little bit more spread, but he's a little bit, he's also a little bit more prototypical size wise. Um, but the guy that I'll throw out there, is uh that as like kind of like a sleeper like if they're gonna pick a guy like, like in the seventh round or sixth round or whatever with their last pick um is the tyson bag uh tyson bagnet guy right um badge i always pronounce his name wrong jeremy you know how to pronounce his name right oh yeah sure <laughs> so this is your sorry uh, about that no you're, you're good uh, i was gonna say this is um, the, uh, i can't even think of the the backup the friday kids the the the, the Son of the Friday actress. That's this pick. Brad Kaya. Brad Kaya. The Brad Kaya. <laughs> the Brad Kaya of the uh-huh. draft is Tyson ba- Bagent. Is what you're saying. <laughs> He's uh he look, he here's what here's what's interesting about him. He's D2 Heisman, yeah. right? Right. So uh the Lions have have been out and visited him. Uh, they've gotten a close look up uh, up uh, up close with him. They were one of just I think like two teams that scouted him early and um, he's got uh, the arm go vertical. He can run RPOs. So he's going to give you some of those like uh, elements like that David Blau had at the, on the practice squad where he can be a versatile uh, quarterback 
for your starters to to adjust to. He's rough around the edges. He's got some. Uh, he's got a lot to do work on on his accuracy. He would be a QB three, not a QB two. Whereas I think like uh, Hanner could maybe earn a QB two type spot. Um, but he's the guy who's you know like the sleeper that the Lions have been doing work on that you you can probably get late who has a lot of upside because of his legs. All right. Great head of hair too. <laughs> his dad, did you see the segment with his dad? His dad's a 28 time arm wrestling champion. Oh. He arm wrestled Pelissaro. Yeah. Pelissaro had like two hands and he just like laughed at him the whole time. Like that's, I mean, it's got an arm. I mean, he, he's got his dad's genes. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, we'll take sons of strong dads. Yeah, look, it worked for a couple other guys, right? <laughs> that's what I'm going Swift, right? We, that's that, right. That, there's a history there. <laughs> locate, locate the strong dads and choose their children. <laughs> <laughs> that has been the secret to Brad Holmes' scouting that no one is talking about. Uh, all right, let's take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some defensive prospects as we continue with our senior oh, bowl yeah. preview slash review slash whatever. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we are back with our Senior Bowl preview slash review with Pride of Detroit's Eric Schlitt. Uh, let's move to the defensive side of the ball, Eric. And I think I th- let's... Can I jump to corners? I want to jump to corners because everyone wants to talk corners because it's the big, biggest need. Um, and there's some there's some interesting names here at the Senior Bowl. Um, talk to me about who you're eager to see in the Senior Bowl game. And I I think I said it was at 3.30 Eastern at the top. It's at 2.30 Eastern 
uh, on NFL Network on Saturday. So who who are you going to be keeping a close eye on uh, on, on Saturday? Man, I would have loved to have seen Devin Witherspoon here, right? Yeah. Um, but he uh, he opted out. Um, I've I've seen it I've seen it both ways. I've seen he just declined or you know accepted and then and then removed himself. I've also heard he's dealing with a minor injury, and so that's why he he removed himself. But either way, uh, unfortunately, he won't be there. So now it drops down to like day two guys, right? Like I think he's probably the only guy that would have was probably headed for day one. Um, uh, Caillou Blue Kelly, uh, the Stanford corner, uh, profiled him during the season. Uh, is a is a good. He can be. He can really play. He's scheme versatile, but he's really best in man. Six one one ninety. So um, it lacks a little bit of bulk, but that's nothing at, at the corner position. Of you know, for a guy like his size, uh, you could see him go. You know, like mid second round, you could see him maybe drop into the third. Uh, I like it. It really depends on how you what you're prioritizing, right? Because right. if you're depending on what your defensive scheme is, you're going to value different types of guys, right? And so he he does fit at, at most schemes, uh, but I, I think man is his best. He's probably your top corner. The only guy really challenging him on, on my board is um, Tyreek Stevenson, who is being coached by Sean Dion Hamilton of the yep. Lions staff. Uh, so he's a guy that you need to, I think the lines are probably going to be paying close attention to, because again, he's, he's very much a press man, uh, corner six, one, two fifteen. So he's much bigger, uh, with that bigger size, you lose a little bit of the, uh, hip flexion and stuff, right? So he's going to be more like an outside guy, but he's big and physical. Um, the, he's kind of like. He's kind of like uh, James Bradbury of the Eagles used mm-hmm. to play for the Giants, right? Like he's kind of got like that, that where um, you know he's going to be a good kind of press outside guy, but and he, and he's going to be physical when he can come downhill, but you don't want him necessarily like standing out on an island trying to like uh, catch a guy in space, right? Um, I mean, look, look at Week One when we saw Swift right go hit, head up on Bradbury, right? Um, so. Stevenson's the the other guy. Those two are probably the the top shelf guys here. Um, the sleeper guy for me, one of my favorite defensive backs in this class, is a is a hybrid uh, corner safety. I like him as a nickel corner with safety elements, uh, and that's uh, Jartavius Quan Martin. Uh, he's the Illinois kid. Uh, I brought him up before. He was Kirby Joseph's roommate. Um, he's played with him for the last couple of years. He can flex out and do some safety things if you need him to. Like if you want to drop into like a cover three or something like that, uh, he can be like that third safety. But he's also uh, agile enough to be like a nickel in, in multiple sets. He can play. He can he can hang with the bigger guys. He can hang with the smaller guys. Uh, and so if you're in the market for replacing Will Harris, there's a couple of safeties at the top of the list that are going to be ideal. But um, Martin is a guy that you're probably going to get late third, maybe early on day three. He's probably more of a day three, but since you don't have a fourth rounder, you might have to go and, and spend it like that third rounder if you're really that interested in him. Um, he's 
he's just got a lot of that positional flexibility that is appealing and 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 at that spot that nickel spot that Harris is is vacating or potentially vacating uh he's one of the guys on my list that you know he's going to be in that top three maybe guys that I that I like for that position and just the one other player that I want to mention uh Daniel Jeremiah had uh put out an article about his top 10 uh NFL draft winners from the week of practice and another cornerback. And maybe you can talk about him a little bit. Eric is a uh, Julius Brents from Kansas state. He uh, just a big guy. Um, yeah. You know, you know, six foot three, 202 pounds. Um, generally speaking, do you think that the lions probably are are looking for a, a bigger cornerback? If he can play, if he can show more man, right. For me, he's more of a, cover three cover two type of guy which means that he's better if if you run a cover two he can sit out in the zone with you if you run a cover three where he's the guy dropping into the deep zone or maybe he can be the man guy if the other corner drops um he 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 can he can he's gonna have to show more man than that like I, i see him more as like a zone type of guy again when you get into these bigger corners if they don't have like elite athleticism they're gonna lack lack that kind of shift you know the ability to turn and bend and stuff like that um and i don't know if brent's quite has that for me um I've only watched him a couple of like, I don't know, not even really not much Kansas state, you know, you, you're, you've only, I've only watched a couple Kansas state games. Um, so I, I need to go back. Right. And he's a guy I'll go back and, and look at, but for me in that first glance, I kind of viewed him more like a zone. So if the lines were interested in him, um, it'd mean that they, they're seeing more impressed than uh press man than I am right now. Um, let's let's move to defensive tackle. Another one of those kind of big needs that I think we've all kind of circled as something the Lions will uh, will pursue in in one way or another this offseason. Um, <clears throat> obviously, some of the top guys, Brian Brees, Jalen Carter, um, those guys are are not um, even Saika. Uh, I, I, Ika, I'm sorry, I'm butchering his name. He was originally <laughs> going to be at the Senior Bowl, but but backed out. Um, so who who's left amongst the group, and and is there anyone that you could see? slip into whether we're talking nose tackle to, to potentially fill in Isaiah Bugs' role or maybe someone to 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 give uh um uh Ali McNeil some some rest at the three. Um mm-hmm. any any day two-ish, day three-ish options at the senior bowl that, that we should pay attention to. Yeah, if you want to nose uh uh Iki, Ikea or I Ika, God, I messed his name up too. Um, that's him and Mozzie Smith are probably your top nose guys. Neither yeah. of them are at this game, but your third guy is Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. Uh, six three in that three twenty range. He's a guy who can play that nose, but he is kind of like a lean in the fact that he has like some pass rushing skills to his game as well. So uh, you can play him at like the zero one three, and he's probably like that third nose uh, on the list. Uh, if you're going past him, it gets a little bit harder. Um, the next nose on my board is Cameron Young out of Mississippi State, uh, but he's you're talking like midday three, yeah. right? So. There's really three nose tackles. And if you're familiar with Mozzie, 
uh, or if you've seen some Baylor games with like uh, um, Benton is the guy to watch. So if they want to challenge with another nose, Benton is the guy to watch in this game. Uh, If you're looking for a three technique, there's a lot, there's, there's kind of like, there's, there's a lot of hybrid guys in this, in this class, guys that can play primarily three, but also have a little bit of edge experience. Um, And there's a couple of them that really like appeal to me where they're not pure threes. Um, But okay. So a guy like uh, Carl Brooks from Bowling Green. Okay. Uh, He's, from Lansing. He's a Michigan, born in Michigan, right? Um, he played like a five, seven at Bowling Green, but he's probably going to be like a three slash closed end in the yeah. Lions scheme. And he'd be three first, but he could also kick out the close end, uh, which the Lions sometimes do. If you reflect back on the the Bears game in week 17, Lions showed a lot of three defensive lineman boxes with Hutchinson and Houston standing. Yeah. This is a situation where he would be really valuable to have a guy like him. Um, another guy on that that kind of is in that hybrid list is uh, the kid from Northwestern. Now, again, I practiced this kid's name about a hundred times earlier today, and I still don't have it right. Uh, I believe it's Atabawe. Atabawe, Ray? Oh, man. I had it. I had it down. I was even <laughs> saying it before. Um, at, uh, okay. Sorry. Don't be the Northwestern Atabawe. He is like in the 285 range, right? So he's a little bit smaller, a little bit lighter, but he's really long. Uh, and his best game was against Ohio State. And Ohio State has two tackles that are both probably going to go in the first 50 picks. And his best game was against these two guys. Now he played a lot of edge, like again, like kind of like a five, seven at at Northwestern. Uh, I would view him very similarly to kind of like a bigger Josh Pascal, Mm -hmm. where he might be an edge first, but can kick in. But I could also see them using him primarily at, at, at a three uh, as well. So there's a couple of those guys that are like three technique type sleepers because they're a little bit undersized. Um, let me see if there's a pure three that I like. Uh, you know, Zach Pickens from South Carolina, he was a guy I had high aspirations for heading into the season. I thought he was going to end up being like a top five defensive tackle. He didn't have a great year. Uh, but he's a guy who I had high hopes for previously. So that'd be another, like he's more of a pure three um, enough, enough length and bulk and and, and stoutness on him. He could probably kick in and play some one every once in a while if he needed to um, as a, as kind of like a depth guy for, for a lean, which you had asked for. Well, I I think that's an interesting discussion that we're going to have over the course of the entire off season is, especially like leading up to the draft is like what kind of resources should the lions invest in the edge position? Right. I mean, they just took somebody at number two and they, you know, took Pascal not, not too longer after that um, with their second round pick. So like, I, I don't know. I, I think it's fascinating just to think about where this team will be at six, especially um, because yep. 
there, there might be some edge guys that weren't necessarily at the senior bowl, but um, at, at least not at six. But one of the other guys I was going to mention too, uh, Eric was a uh, Keon white from Georgia tech. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. He plays more of that closed end role. And uh, yeah. he was, he was Daniel Jeremiah's Daniel <clears throat> Jeremiah's top rated senior bowl player coming into the week. And he said yeah. that he said that he probably played himself into being like a round one player. So, but if he does end up falling, is that a position where the lions can be like, Hey, we might, we might be kind of stacked there because do they bring back Kaminsky? They have Josh well, Pascal, right? He, like, yeah. would you add another guy like that if the value's there? So a guy that's been rising lately is Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. I have him in that same category of type player where he's going to be a guy who I could see teams jumping up into like the or teams in the latter parts of round one being like, I want this kid on my roster. I could also see teams that are trying to trade up and go after and get these guys because they're going to be kind of in that like second or third tier offense or defensive lineman where they have some flexibility. Uh, he's like the same size as out of, as at a that we just talked about, right. The Northwestern kid. Um, so he's like six, four, two eighty. He's a little taller, a little longer, um, but he is a prototype of a uh, guy who can play from the three out to the seven really without a, an issue. And um, he's a guy that I could, I could understand the argument that he is might be the, the, the best player at the senior bowl. Cause he is kind of getting into that first round conversation. Uh, and I do think his stock will rise after this game is over as well. All right. I think I want to close out our conversation and I'm going to make you uncomfortable here because I'm, I want to promote uh, something that you do every year that maybe not everyone is aware of, um, but you create kind of a, uh, a consensus big board almost where you have basically the top, I don't know, 400, 300 prospects separated by position and as the draft season rolls on, you, you throw in the measurables, you have it all color coded and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, it's really an incredible resource as you just put out your first version of it with some of the senior bowl measurement numbers in there as well. Where can the people find it? How can they get it? And, and again, I want to put my huge stamp of approval as someone who is just, you know, dipping their toes into draft stuff. Now it's a very good starting off resource that I'll probably have literally up on my computer from now until draft night. It's, it's what I use all year. Um, every morning when I open my computer, I open an Excel sheet and, um, and Chrome, right. And they, and it, and it comes up with my three tabs and then, and then the board and, and it's, I use, so there's, there's multiple things that go into it. And, and the first is I, I like to use other people who I like their evaluations and, and I like to put them in line with kind of like how I rank them as well. So like, I'll, I'll have like a, there's consensus boards out there and stuff like that, but I pick the guys that I kind of like trust or like, and then I, I, I show their rankings and then I, and then I will move my guys that I like amongst those tiers as well. Um, but it's like, this is, this is a, a thing that I work on all year round. Uh, but I put it out um, on a on my Patreon for uh, the for uh, the the Detroit Lions Breakdown podcast. Basically, I was looking for a way to subsidize 
the podcast because we were doing it for free. Um, and I was like, Hey, let's start a Patreon and let's, you know, see if people are interested in helping us pay the bills. And, um, then I was like, Hey, as a reward, I'll just throw this board out there. Cause I was doing it anyway. I was, right. I was doing it and then just sending it to my buddies. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, I was, it, it was like me and Joe. You know, it was like, here, Joe made this. And then right. he was like, you, you know, this is something that I was like, all right, well, let's give it out as a, as a thank you to the people who are donating. And, and now what I've found is that people are donating to the podcast via the Patreon um, for the board. And so uh, that it does feel awkward to me um, just <laughs> because, well, it, it, it does. Cause like, I don't know. It's one thing if I'm like, Hey, I'm, you know, this is this is a document that I up, I try and update. You know, I put my first one out February first. I'd like to put another one out uh, after the combine. I'd like to put another one out. Like uh, there'll be a couple more installments of this, right? right. Uh, but I work on it every day, and I don't. I just I, I feel awkward. Uh, I do. I know that I'm sure there's people that like it's a good resource, and I and and that's great. And I wish I could just like put it out there, uh, but. You know, we have to uh... dangle the carrot a little bit. There's nothing wrong with dangling the <laughs> carrot a little. And and I'll say this: like, first of all, Eric and, and Joe do great work on the Detroit Lions podcast, and it's probably worth your your five dollars a month, anyways. But if you if you can't afford that, get in for these next three months. Get in for February. Get in for March. Get in for April. You'll keep, continually get updated. One of these it's fifteen dollars. That's less than a month of a Netflix subscription. And guess what? You can share this with anyone you want. Oh, there it is. I, and I gear it to the lions too. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, oh, I, yeah. and I think that's the thing that I try and I, cause I'm always looking for the unique angle, right? Like what, what makes this different from anybody else who's just putting rankings out? Well, I'm trying to make it like, this is, this is how they would fit the scheme. This is how they would fit, you know, and and what the lines are doing. And then I try and say, this is why I think this guy would be a priority over, you know, the guy that most people think is the consensus. So I appreciate it. I appreciate the, the love. Yeah. And if you want to find it, uh, I mean, the simplest way is just to go on Google and literally search Eric's name in Patreon. Yeah. And I do need yeah. to remind people it's E R I K K. It's a K. Just one K, but E-R-I-K-S-C-H-L-I-T-T. Patreon, search that. It's literally the first one that shows up. Uh, you also, I mean, you also get a look at the line salary cap. Itemized line oh, yeah. salary cap. Um, depth chart. Depth chart. Depth chart. All sorts mm -hmm. of crazy stuff. Uh, so definitely check that out. And of course, check out Eric's work on a website called prideofdetroit.com. Follow him at Eric Schlitt on Twitter. Uh, any last words before we get out of here, Ryan? Thank you, Eric. Thank oh, yeah, you. It was fun. We're, you know what? We need to get the trio back together again soon. It's it's coming. Mm -hmm. we're, we're the if 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 you guys are are fans of the Spotify lives from last year, or maybe you don't even know what that is. Our call in <laughs> show, where where you can be part of the show, is coming back. Download the Spotify Live app right now and follow us at Pride of Detroit, and we'll let you know. When we go live next, it's going to be soonish, though. So get ready for that. But until then, enjoy the rest of the Pro Bowl games that are happening as we speak. Have fun at the the Senior Bowl as well, or uh, have fun at home watching the Senior Bowl. Hopefully, hopefully you're not there actually watching the Senior Bowl. <laughs> no offense, but um, 
and we'll we'll have more on the senior bowl we'll have more on some of the coaching hires and all that on the main pod cast that we record on monday night but until then thank you all for listening it's chaos Peace out.